Well, I tell you, it feels good to be in God's house. It's 11.20, in case you're wondering. And that makes no difference to me. I've been excited all week to preach. God had other plans last week, and that's fine. He moved in a powerful way last Sunday, and we certainly rejoice in the move of the Spirit that we experienced last week. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to preach twice as long. But I do believe that the Lord has a word that He wants me to share with you. Thank you, Tony. We're good. I want you to pray with me right now, if you would, Father. Speak to our hearts. On this Palm Sunday, Lord, minister to our minds. And Lord, I pray that everyone that is going through some challenges in their lives right now on this day, I pray that they'll gain a perspective maybe they haven't considered before. We thank you and we praise you for what we have already felt in this house. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. I want to talk to you about donkeys today. That's right, donkeys. The title of the message is going to be called Donkeys of Destiny. You're probably thinking, what in the world? What spiritual message can be gained by talking about an animal, specifically a donkey? I love to talk about animals. I don't know what it is. I, I'm, I've, I've never studied animals, but it seems like the, the word just kind of comes alive to me as it relates to animals. I mean, since I've been here, I've talked about caterpillars and butterflies, and I, I'm, a, I'm a real protector of turtles. And, you know, I mean, I just, I, there's just something about animals. I, I you know, we get, we get attached uh, to animals, even those we don't care for. Um, I'm amazed at that. Uh, certainly animals that are clean and friendly we're drawn to, but even animals that we wouldn't spend time with in the real world, in our make-believe world with our creative minds, we've attached affection to certain animals. I'll give you a couple of examples. There's not a person in here that would probably line up to say they like spiders or pigs. And yet we grew up reading about a spider named Charlotte and a pig named Wilbur. And our heartstrings were pulled at this unusual relationship between a spider and a pig. We wouldn't be caught hanging out in reality with wild coyotes. But boy, I was a big fan of coyote on Bugs Bunny when I was growing up on Saturday morning. One of the most atrocious smells that God ever put on this earth was that smell or spray of a skunk. And yet, I was a big Lepi Le Pew fan. And by the way, coming from the city, moving down here to the country, there's more skunks down here in the country than there is up there in the city. Who would get excited about a donkey, though? But there are two, over the course of history 
recent history that have gained national attention and national affection. One is named Eeyore, the lovable donkey from Winnie the Pooh. Those big floppy ears with his deep bass voice, and he walks around acting like he's lost his best friend. If you've ever seen Shrek the movie, he has a sidekick who I believe is simply called Donkey. The fact is, donkeys are challenging creatures. And I thought recently, can, can donkeys actually be good for anything? Did you know that in Bible times, if someone owned many donkeys, they were considered wealthy and prosperous? They were highly regarded in the community. Did you know that donkeys can be used just like horses under saddle and in harness, although donkeys are more strong-willed and self-preserving? They prefer to do what is good for the donkey, which is not necessarily what the human thinks is best. And of course, the most significant thing we know about donkeys, we don't have to think long and hard about it, is they have a reputation for being stubborn and hard-headed. They give owners a fit when they get in a mood. They stand still when you want them to move, and they move when you want them to stand still. I found it intriguing. In the Old Testament law, literally in the Old Testament law, God commanded that an ox, ox and a donkey could not plow together. I saw that one day. I, I thought to myself, I wonder who God had in mind when he gave that command. When I think about donkeys, I, I think about, strange as it may sound, I think about trials of life. Circumstances that are not only painful, but they're, they're stubborn. They're defiant. They refuse to let go. They're persistent in their goal to make my life miserable. The circumstances, the trials, the obstacles, they go on for months, for years, just like a, a donkey who refuses to move or refuses to allow me to dismount. But I want you to know something today that I found in the Scripture three different times that donkeys were used for divine purposes. That donkeys were used for people's destinies. The first I want to talk about is, a, is in the Old Testament. And it was Balaam's donkey. You find the story of Balaam the prophet in the book of Numbers, chapter 22. A heathen king by the name of Balak is attempting to recruit the prophet Balaam to pronounce a curse against the nation of Israel. God had already told the prophet Balaam in verse 12 not to go with the contingent and the nobles that the king had sent to him. In fact, he said it this way, you shall not go with them, you shall not curse my people, for the people of God are blessed. But in greed, the prophet of the Lord went anyway because he was consumed with gaining wealth. He prostituted his spiritual gifts for monetary gain. In verse 22, it says, Now Balaam was riding his donkey, and his two servants were with him. And the scripture says in the next verse, And the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword was drawn in his hand. The Bible says the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam smote the donkey. He hit the donkey because the donkey was being uncooperative. 
This happened again. They traveled into a very narrow passage in a vineyard with a wall on both sides. And the donkey again saw the angel of the Lord with a sword drawn. And he turned aside. And this time, the passage was narrow enough that he crushed Balaam's foot against one of the walls. And again, Balaam smote the donkey. Then there was even a more narrow place. And a third time, and this time, there was nowhere for the donkey to turn. The donkey couldn't turn to the right or to the left, but he looked in front of him and he saw the angel of the Lord with his sword drawn. And so he did what any good donkey would do. He buckled down to the ground and Balaam smote the donkey with his staff. And I want you to watch this. Many of you know it. Some of you have never heard this before. But the Bible says the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. And the donkey said, why have you hit me, struck me these three times. And Balaam argued with the donkey. Now it's amazing to me that the donkey talked. That in and of itself is a miracle from God. But what's even more astounding to me is that Balaam would argue back with the donkey. If the donkey would have talked to me, the end result was that I would not have talked back to the donkey. I probably wouldn't have remained for the conversation. But on that third time, the Bible says that the eyes of the prophet was open and he saw what the donkey had seen three times already. He saw the angel of the Lord with his sword drawn in his hand. Now let me just stop here and tell you something. Anytime you see the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, I'm reminded that in all likelihood, it is a pre-incarnate representation of Jesus Christ who is the bread of life. I also know that anytime you see the sword drawn, it is a metaphor for the Word of God. Ephesians tells us that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Hebrews tells us that it is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword the Word is. And so what I believe, I believe this is the truth. I believe the donkey brought Balaam to the Word of God. I believe he brought him in confrontation with the Word of the living God. In, in essence, what happened that day was that stubborn, stinking, obstinate donkey that refused to submit to the demands of its owner actually saved his life and he received a word from the Lord. In the first time it happens, they're in an open field and the, the donkey uh, stops. In the second time, the narrow passage of a vineyard where he could only turn to the right or to the left, which he did. But then the third time it was even more narrow and there was nowhere to turn. And I want you to notice how each time the path that the donkey was traveling got tighter. And, and I was reminded this week as I was preparing for this that, that those stubborn, obstinate circumstances in our life, sometimes they begin to squeeze tighter and tighter and, 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 and they, they almost want to take the breath out of our bodies and they all want to almost want to take the substance out of who we are and the joy out of our existence. And, and let me tell you 
something. Those situations that cause us that kind of pain that crushes our foot or costs us sleep or, or breaks our heart or preoccupies our mind. It seems not to want to, to let go. It refuses to move forward. It doesn't turn out like we want it to. Could it be, my brothers and sisters, that the reason why is because it is for the express purpose of stopping you in your tracks long enough that you will have a confrontation with the word of the living God. I've come by to tell someone today that obstinate circumstance that won't let you go, that stubborn trial that seems to be never ending. Could it be that God has sent this preacher by to tell you that what you need while you're waiting on the answer is a confrontation with the sword of the Lord, a confrontation with the word of the living God. And while you're waiting on God to do something around you and in front of you, have a confrontation with the word of God that will make a change on the inside of you. Tragically, Balaam ignored the word of the Lord, and it cost him his life. In fact, he would be destroyed with the sword of the enemy. So I want to just say to you this morning, I want to admonish you this morning. You listen to that stubborn donkey that will not let you dismount, and you make up your mind and no matter when this thing ends, no matter how stubbornly it holds on, you are going to determine to have a daily ongoing encounter with the word of the living God. My God, I feel the preacher coming on. I'm telling you, there's too many of us. We live on a Sunday to Sunday word from a preacher. I'm telling you, this preacher is fallible. This preacher will let you down. This preacher is flesh just like you are. And sometimes I miss the boat. Not everything that comes out of the pulpit is anointed by the spirit of the living God. And that's why every day, We've got to have an encounter with the sword of the Lord. Every day we've got to have an encounter with the word of the living God. It will change you from the inside out. So Balaam's donkey led him to the sword of the Lord. And I'm telling you, during this tough season, my God, run to the gospel. The family counselor doesn't have the final answer. The doctor doesn't have the final answer. The banker doesn't have the final answer. You've got to get into a place whether you're on the mountaintop or you're in the valley, that you're going to have an encounter with the sword of the Lord, the word of the living God. And I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, those stubborn things that won't let you go are leading you to a place to have a fresh encounter with the living word. But then I read over a little further and I read about Saul's donkeys. In this particular story found in 1 Samuel chapter 9, 
young Saul is not riding a donkey. Rather, he's been sent out by his father to find lost donkeys. So young Saul of the tribe of Benjamin and his, his servant travels all over the country. They're looking for these donkeys that are lost. Finally, after several days of looking and not finding, he said, we better get back home or my father will forget worrying about the donkeys and start being concerned about us. So while Saul and his servant are looking for the donkeys, Samuel, the prophet of the Lord, has received a word from God that a young man is getting ready to cross his path from the tribe of Benjamin. And he is to be anointed the next king of Israel. Sure enough, Samuel meets young Saul and asks him to have a meal with him the next day. And then he looks at him, and this is what he says to the young man named Saul. He said, and oh, by the way, the donkeys that you've been searching for, they have been found. Mm. That's what I want you to get this morning. Whereas Balaam's donkey brought him to the word of the Lord, Saul's donkeys brought him to the will of God. Stay with me. As Roger Daniel, one of my favorite Bible teachers, so aptly puts it, this story is not about finding donkeys that are lost, but it's about rather finding the destiny that God has in looking for us. While we're looking sometimes for the incidental donkeys, we get so focused upon that, sometimes we lose track that all the donkeys are is to get us to a place where God wants us to be. <laughs> we get so focused on them. We get so wrapped up in them that sometimes we miss the reality that God's destiny is searching for us. Them donkeys can become distracting donkeys instead of donkeys of destiny. How many people, something comes up in their life and they are so wavering in their faith because all they can do is think about that that has happened in their life. Come on, somebody help me preach here. Sometimes we get so consumed with a circumstance in front of us that we forget that all things work together to the good of them who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. Well, you don't understand that event that took place in my life. And the Lord wants us to know that while we go about our daily lives, there's an ultimate plan. There's a will of God to be done. Sometimes those things, they, they distract us. They, they throw us off. Sometimes they're, they're so profound in our path that they're like, a, like we're going through an aimless motion without any direction. It's simply not true. You maintain your faithfulness to God. You realize that His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. He knows the plans that He has for you. 
Peter said it like this, the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perishes might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So there are times that you have to, you have to bend your knee and you have to say, Lord, I don't know why this is happening, but I am seeking for your perfect will in my life. And if this donkey is part of it, then when it's all said and done, I'm determined to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. You may help me to find the donkey that's been wandering next week, but one thing I'm not going to do, I'm not going to take my eyes off of you. I can stand before you today and tell you that there's been times in recent years that I thought I was going to keep searching for wandering donkeys the rest of my natural days. As I stand before you today, my wife can vouch for this, we had no clue that Pulaski Church of God would be on the radar of the Lord's plans for our future. Been here several times to preach. Always enjoyed the experience, great altar services. But I can tell you that that was not, not I, it was nowhere in my radar. But God's plans are not my plans. God's ways are not my ways. And as it applies to me, it applies to you. He's got a plan for your life. You cannot get so sideswiped by the wandering donkeys in this world. They're still going to be out there. And when you find one, there'll be another one that you feel like you have to go searching for. When it's all said and done, keep your eyes upon Jesus. Look unto the Lord, who is the author and finisher of your faith, and let him bring his plan to pass. Well, praise the Lord. So Balaam's donkey led him to the word of the Lord. And Saul's donkey led him to the will of the Lord. And then finally, the donkey of Jesus. I'm always fascinated by this. Watching the creator at work. With his divine ability to control an animal that was not just a donkey, but also a young foal that had never been ridden by anyone. He sends two disciples into the village. Bring the donkey and her young colt with her. You can tell by what he says in Matthew 21, 3, that earthly-wise, Jesus is not personally acquainted with the people that own the donkey. Because he said this, If any man say aught unto you, you shall say... The Lord has need of them, and straightway he will send them. They bring the donkey, the young foal. They loaded the clothes upon the back of the young foal, and they sat Jesus upon her back. <laughs> and the young donkey, with her creator on her back, and her mother at her side, 
walked down the main hub of the city streets. The high praise of the adults and the dancing around of the children. The singing and the playing. No doubt the ground shook beneath that young donkey. Palm branches strode in front of her. Garments thrown across her path. And yet I don't read where she became unnerved. Why? Because she was on divine assignment. Her assignment was to bring the master, the savior, the messiah to the high worship and high praise of the people who were screaming at the top of their lungs. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Let me tell you this. As important, and I want to make sure you hear it so you don't misquote me. But as important as the word of God and the will of God is, your zenith is when that stubborn donkey brings you to a place where no matter how hard things get, worshiping God is your top priority. This donkey brought Jesus to the worship of the people. Could we ever get to the place, Aunt B? And I have, I wish it was more consistent where you just, you know, que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. I'm going to worship my king. Can we ever get to that place? When the children are acting like donkeys. And the spouse, no, we won't talk about the spouse. The employer is acting like a donkey. Your co-workers are acting like donkeys. And they don't seem to be changing from Monday to Friday. And you walk in there whether they treat you well or not. And you say, you know what? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will worship. <laughs> you see, many seasoned saints in here, and they would vouch for this. That the closeness you have to God today was not because of victories and sunny days in your life. It was because of donkey days. Donkey days. But you squared your shoulder and you looked at donkey and you said, you know what? You can be obstinate and stubborn all you want. And it may, I may not know where the answer is coming from tomorrow. But as for this day, I'm going to serve my Lord. As for this day, I'm going to worship my king. Come hell or high water, as long as I have breath, I'm going to praise my Lord. Again, donkeys, they bring us to the word of the Lord, and donkeys bring us to the will of the Lord. 
Well, oh, boy, you've really had a breakthrough when that donkey brings you to the worship of the Lord. That's why I entitled this Donkeys of Destiny. There's a path that those stubborn, obstinate, ornery things want to take you to. The stubbornness of your donkeys. They are for divine purposes. His word, his will, his worship. Would you bow your heads with me? Whatever you find yourself going through today, I, I want to know what God's plan is. I, I, want, I, don't know, I don't know how to grapple with this. I want to know. I, I want some answers. I'm not getting answers. I'm telling you right now, God has given you an answer this morning. What is the answer, Pastor? I haven't heard anything that you've said that relates specifically to my situation. Everything I've said relates to your situation. God wants you more in His Word. God wants you hungry more for His will. And above all else, God wants you to worship Him in spirit and in truth, no matter how you feel or how things look around you. you're here and you're unsaved and there are some situations that have not let you go adversity just continues to pile on I'm telling you that with some stubbornness some tenacity I'm here to tell you it's to bring you to the word the will and the worship of God my heart breaks for different people in this room it breaks as you think about what you're going through right now, could it be that God is saying, I, I want you back in my word? Could it be that God is saying, I want, I want you to really seek for my plan for your life more than you have been? It's been your agenda, and I'm telling you, I want you to seek after what I want for you, because I know better for you what you need than you do. Could it be that when all that is said and done and you're in the word, nothing's changing and you're you feel like you're in the will of God and nothing is changing could it be but the Lord just wants you to get on your knees and lift your hands and say the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away blessed be the name of the Lord I'm gonna worship it I don't know who you are this morning but this is a time to seek him while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but if you just need to come, recommit. Maybe you need to take your gospel and tuck it under your arm and come to the altar and say, God, I'm going to recommit to your gospel. Maybe you're here and you're just, you've got more questions and answers and you just, you just really want to reaffirm yourself to, to looking for the will of God in your life. 
or maybe you're here and things are just pressing in so heavily upon you you just the lord I can't see any destiny in this. And God sent your pastor by to say, you know what? Here's destiny for you. Just worship me and let me take care of the rest. <laughs> Who are you? Where are you? Is anyone in the house? It may be for two. It may be for 200. Is there anyone in the house that just say, you know what? I just need to come and spend a few moments with the Lord. I just need to come back to the word, the will, and the worship of Almighty God. I just want to come and kneel. Is there anyone in the house? Anyone in the house? Come on. Come on. Come on. It's me and you, Lord. It's me and you. God bless these honest hearts. God bless these honest hearts. God bless these honest hearts. Now, I can invite everybody to join me around the altar. I could do that this morning, but the Lord... The Lord checked me in my spirit for specific, specifically those individuals. And I know there are more out here that God is dealing with, that God is speaking to. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We say thy will be done and yet something comes along and it throws us off the path. We quit seeking for the will of God. Our worship was great until that trial came. And when that trial came, it, man, it threw us for a loop. <laughs> I need to get my worship back. need to get my worship back. I can't fix other people. I can't fix my children, my grandchildren. I can't. One thing I can do, I can worship the Lord. This is the day of worship. I wonder if all over this house that there be some believers that would stand to their feet and throw both hands up to heaven and join the children and the singers and the, the people that threw their garments down and those that wave their palm branches and you would just lift your hands all over this house <laughs> and you would just begin to worship him come on do it right now all over this house begin to worship him just begin don't ask him for anything just begin to worship him i adore you jesus i adore you jesus Lord, I extol my highest praise to you. I give myself away. I pour it out as a drink offering for you, Lord. Scripture never says anything about you seeking for singers or preachers or teachers, but it does say that the Father seeks after those who will worship him. Come on, worship him, saints. Worship him, saints. He redeemed you. He set you free. He wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life. You're going to heaven. Any moment, any day, you'll realize the greatest joy that has ever been known. When to leave this body is to be present with the Lord. That's enough to worship him. Hosanna. Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna to the Son of God. 
this week. No matter what donkeys try to lay a hold of me, stubbornly refuse to let me go, I'm going after your word. I'm going after your will. And with everything within me, I'm going to worship you in spirit and in truth. tell you today churches do all kinds of things to grow I know of a friend of mine brother Bill sister Debbie they when they take in members at their church they have confetti guns and they shoot confetti I'm sorry we didn't shoot confetti on you today people do all kinds of things and that's fine Whatever works. But one thing I know this, I do know this, and I know it's biblical. With all the things that people may try to grow a church, I know it still works. And it was, it's this. Jesus said, if I, the Son of Man, be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. You know what that means? That means being a worshiping church. That means being a worshiping group of people. Touches the hearts. I'm going to share this with you before I go. I love this picture. That's some good-looking donkeys, isn't it? Kind of look like my uh, my little bulldog at home, a little thick in the middle, but anyway. But I read this, and I like it. Two donkeys were walking in Jerusalem when one donkey said to the other, Just yesterday I was here carrying Jesus. The people were singing and shouting, throwing down their clothes for me to walk on. And today, they don't even recognize me. And the other donkey replied, that's how it is, my friend. Without Jesus, you're nothing. How true it is. <laughs> 